Okay, good morning. Can you hear me? Give me a wave. Hey, oh, you all look so beautiful out there today. <laughs> okay, if you don't know me, my name is Phil. I am married to Matt in the, I know, Christmas jumper down there. Love him, that's why I married him. <laughs> um, I'm part of the leadership team here at Real Life, and as of very recently, part-time part of the staff team. Super exciting. Um, I also run my own business, making things out of wood that most of you have seen quite a lot of. And um, when I don't do any of the rest of that, I'm a mum to two beautiful children, our almost 12-year-old daughter and nine-year-old son, who keep me very busy. I'm just going to start my timer. Okay, so can anybody tell me what date is it today? Very good, well done. Um, what is the 31st of October usually associated with? Oh, I like the proper name. Well done. Or as we also know it, Halloween. <laughs> Halloween. Thank you, Stu. Okay, today is Halloween. Now, when I saw the preaching rotor and saw that Stuart had given me Halloween, I was really excited. I really wanted to be able to speak today. And yeah, I, but I just want to clarify at the outset before you start freaking out. I wasn't excited because I love Halloween. Quite the opposite. I hate Halloween. I don't think Halloween is a bit of harmless fun. I believe it's a day that celebrates evil. I believe it glorifies the occult and it wraps it up in pretty packages for our children to freely access. I think Halloween gives Satan a chance to have way too much say on this day and I think it's just plain wrong. There's a nice light-hearted start to our time together, but I just wanted to clarify that. So now I have clarified where I stand on Halloween. You may be wondering why I was so excited to preach. Well, to be honest, any chance I get to speak a little bit of truth and light into a day or a thing that I feel the world has got wrong, it, it gets me a little bit excited. It makes me start to bubble up. And so when I saw I had today, I was dead chuffed. Now, I had the amazing privilege and blessing of growing up in a Christian home. My mum was saved before I was born, my dad a little way after, and I don't remember a time when I didn't know or love Jesus. It took, it's taken me a while to make my peace with that being my salvation story, which sounds ridiculous, but it feels like sometimes in churches it's, it's the sex, drugs, and rock and roll conversions that get all the glory um, and all the airtime. And actually, if you've just been quietly walking with Jesus your whole life, it doesn't feel very Insta-worthy. Um, but that all changed the day I had children. <laughs> when I had those two, that's the story I wanted for them, and so it made me all the more grateful for mine. So I grew up in a safe, amazing, loving Christian environment. I know how blessed I was. The Bible was read, worship songs were played all the time, Adventures in Odyssey were frequently on our cassette player. Yes, I'm that old. If you've not listened to Adventures in Odyssey and you've got kids, check it out. It's brilliant. Um, but I knew there was a couple of things I grew up with a slightly wrong perspective on, and Halloween was one of them. I remember growing up just with a slightly skewed view, and I grew up not just hating it, but actually being afraid of it. I knew Jesus was God. I knew he was Lord of all. I knew he was sovereign. I knew he was bigger, but somehow, in my little mind, Halloween had become a stronger force, a day that actually Satan had more power over God on that day. And I knew that was wrong, but somehow it had got in there. Now, you might think, well, actually, that kind of makes sense if you're talking about a child. Of course, children may well be scared of Halloween. But actually, it was only really recently that I stopped feeling this way. So I'm now talking about like me and Matt here as adults. Sorry, Matt and I. Um, on Halloween night, we would often turn the lights out in our house, and we'd go into the back room, or we'd go upstairs, um, or we'd even go out altogether to avoid having to actually um, see trick-or-treaters or have our door knocked on. 
Unlike Mel, I don't like talking to strangers. And I used to do that. We were scared on that night. And that was up until only recently. I realized I was scared of the darkness. I had somehow got it a bit wrong. So what do I want to talk about today? On the day that the world so blatantly celebrates darkness? Well, I want to talk about the one thing that can and does obliterate the darkness. I want to talk about the light. So when I say the light, who am I talking about? Well, who are we always talking about here at Real Life Church? Jesus. Yes, absolutely. And if you want to find out about Jesus, where is the best place to find him? Yes, in your Bible. This incredible book is the story of Jesus. It is all about him. It helps us to meet him. It's the tool through which he can speak to us. It is full from cover to cover of Jesus. Even when a passage isn't directly about him, it points to him. If you want to find out about Jesus, the best and easiest place you can do it is by picking up one of these, opening it, and giving it a read. If you don't have a Bible, we have said this before up here, and we will say it again, we will happily get one into your hands. So come and talk to someone down the front. They will get you one. But this is the place to start. Now, today we're going to be sitting in the Gospel of John, mainly. Uh, I am going to be jumping around, so if you want to open it up to John, feel free. Um, But if you want to equally just read it, it's all going to come up on the screen behind me. But before we go to John, we're just going to dip into Genesis at the very, very beginning. Now, this book is all about light, but it starts in darkness. It says in Genesis 1.1, In the very beginning, the earth was formless and void, and darkness covered the waters. But God had absolutely no intention of letting it stay that way. He had a plan for change. And in verse 3, we see him set that plan in motion. How did he do that? He turned on the light. Then God said, let there be light, and there was light. And he saw that the light was good. With one command, God lit up the whole world, and it was good. It was the very first thing that he ever did, and he keeps on doing it now. Where there's darkness in our world, he is the one that brings the light. He is the light of the world, and he is the one we're going to talk about and focus on today. Now, when God switched on the light at the outset of creation, that was the beginning of a beautiful love story between God and his people. That was the day that everything changed. Now, when you think about switching on light... It evokes so many emotions in us, and they're all good. Well, probably apart from the one that makes you get out of bed in the morning. But generally, switching on of light makes you feel good. So think about it. Um, When you get home from work, you've worked long hours, it's already dark outside. What's the first thing you do when you open the front door? You switch on your light. Switch on your light in your living room. If it's anything like our living room, it kind of looks a bit like this stage. Hundreds of fairy lights, festoon lights, all of that, lamps. But switching on those lights suddenly makes you unhunch. It makes you breathe, it makes you rest and relax, and it allows your house to feel like a home. It does for me. A warmth kind of spreads through us, and you know that the rest of the evening is going to be good. Or what about when you go and see Christmas lights switched on? If you would like to see any Christmas lights switched on, by the way, shameless plug, 21st of November, come down to Boldmere High Street. I hear there's going to be some good music and some treats being given out. (laughs) But what about when you see Christmas lights being switched on? That feeling of excitement about the season ahead, the best season, in my opinion, that is coming up. Or how about um, if you're in a big stadium and you're sitting in darkness and then all of a sudden the spotlights shine on and there is your favorite band about to start playing and that rush of adrenaline you get because you know the next two hours are just going to be amazing. All these feelings are good. 
and they are evoked when we stand in the presence of light. Light brings excitement, light brings joy, light brings anticipation, light brings us home. And these feelings are just mere reflections of how it is when we stand in the presence of the one who is the light. This is what it feels like to walk in the light of Christ. Now, we are so passionate about seeing the people of Sutton walk into the light of Christ that we are actually using Let the Light Shine as our whole, and this is brand new information, our whole Christmas series this year. So, Real Life Christmas 2021 is going to be Letting the Light Shine. We're going to preach into where the light shone in the nativity story. We are going to shine lights out into the street. We are going to bless people. We're going to play music. We're going to give out gift bags. It's all going to be about bringing light into Sutton. And that's hot off the press news, you know, the first ones to hear that. Well done for being here today. Oh, and yep, there's going to be merch, there's going to be t-shirts, there's going to be sweatshirts, you don't want to miss out. But I probably should stop talking about Christmas, because it is still a way off, despite the Christmas jumpers. Okay, we're going to jump into the New Testament, we're going to get into John. Now we see that God was not alone at the beginning when he created the world. Jesus was there too, obviously. Jesus is referred to as the Word in this particular passage, and he was right there with his father in John 1. And it says, In the beginning, the Word already existed. The Word was with God, and the Word was God. He existed in the beginning with God. God created everything through him, and nothing was created except through him. The Word gave life to everything that was created, and his life brought light to everyone. Jesus gives life to everything that's created, and that life brings light. Light and life to all he brings. We sing it every Christmas. Some of us sing it not just at Christmas. Um, It is such beautiful truth. However, as we read on and we continue with God's incredible love story, we see that despite the fact that God is the one that gave us life, that God breathed into our very lungs, that he made for us an amazing world to live in, despite the fact that he gifted us everything, people turned away. People loved the darkness more than they loved the light, and they turned away from God. They were selfish and evil and preferred their own way to his. They continued to stay stuck in the dark. Now, this is true of every single person in this room, saved or unsaved. We were all born sinful and selfish. We were all walking in the darkness. And our sin, our desire to do things our way and not God's way, separated us from God. It meant we could not walk in the light that God has for us, but were instead destined for eternal darkness. But, because God is good, he didn't end the story there. Although we were born into darkness, we don't have to stay there. Jesus spoke to the people once more and said, I am the light of the world. If you follow me... You won't have to walk in darkness because you will have the light that leads to life. Now, darkness is scary. Darkness is where evil dwells and shame runs riot. Darkness leads to death and destruction and pain. And if you're here today in the room or if you're listening online and you don't know Jesus as Lord of your life, if you've not asked him to come into your heart and be your savior, you're still living in that darkness. Now, that may sound harsh, but if we don't fully realize the mess of where we were, where we came from, we don't really appreciate what it is God offers us. And what God offers us is incredible good news. What is that good news? Jesus. Jesus Christ, King of heaven, the light of the world. 
Jesus came down from heaven himself to walk this earth with the sole purpose of grabbing you by the hand and saying, come with me now. You no longer have to stay stuck walking around in this yucky, evil darkness. You no longer have to struggle through this world on your own. I have the keys to light and life right here, and I want you to take hold of them and walk into my light. My light where you will feel excitement. My light where you will feel anticipation. My light where you will feel purpose and joy my light, where you will feel as though you have come home. If you're not saved, if you don't know Jesus, please can I beg you not to leave here today or to go to bed tonight without giving your life to him. Our world's getting darker, and it is vital that you allow Jesus to call you out of that darkness and into his glorious light. And if you're here in the room and you want to do that, we have, again, loads of people down the front who are desperate to do that with you. Come and chat to them. They will show you Jesus quite happily. And if you're online, get in touch with us. We have Facebook. We have email. We have a website. We want to show you Jesus. Now, if you have already accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you are already walking in the light. And that is amazing news. Now you are called to let the light shine brightly through you. So how do we, as the people of God, let the light shine? We get out of the way. We bow down low. We humble ourselves. And we serve. Now that might not be what you thought I was going to say. You might have thought I would have encouraged you to stand tall, to make yourself bigger, so more of God's light can shine through you. God doesn't need us to amplify his light. His glory is radiant enough. His love is big enough. He needs us to bow down low, to worship him, to serve, to offer ourselves up as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing, so his purposes can be worked out in his timing and his way. We're not called to let our light shine. We are not called to turn the spotlight on us. We're called to bow down low and reflect him. We need to be like the moon, we know that the moon emits no light of its own, but it simply reflects the light of the sun. We know it plays a vital role in the existence of our planet. It influences our oceans, our weather, the hours in our days. Without the moon, the tides would fall, nights would be darker, seasons would change, the length of our days would alter. It's so important to Earth. But when we see it shining beautifully in the sky, it's only because it is lit up by the sun, and we need to be the same. Now, I think there is a great danger when we get this wrong. When we think that by shining our own light brighter and getting the world to look at us, we're showing people Jesus, we're on dodgy ground. In our secular culture, this is the way it's done. Pushing ourselves forward into the spotlight is the norm. When you know that our secular world is full of people still walking in darkness, that makes sense. But something I find really worrying is that that seems to be creeping into the church in places. When we do this in church, we help to create a culture that's far too similar to the world's. We create celebrity Christians and we encourage our people to worship us rather than to worship the only one who is truly worthy of it. Now this is something that I think is a particular struggle for worship leaders and for preachers and anybody that gets on a stage. I can talk about this because I am a worship leader. The very nature of what we do puts us up here. It puts us on a stage. It physically raises us up and physically shines lights onto us. 
You can see if you spend just a couple of minutes on YouTube watching big churches um, and worship events, it can be a very delicate knife edge to walk to keep your heart in the right place when the light is shining on you. Now, I feel like I want to just say something here as a little aside, because not everybody here knows me, and not everyone here knows me well. You will see me up here quite often, but I feel like I need to be really clear. I hate this stage. (laughs) I hate being lifted up. I hate the fact that this thing is so high, and I know nearly everyone else who stands on it here feels the same. If we could worship on the floor with you and you could still see us, we would. But we've been gifted this building, and it's amazing, so we use it. But I feel like I just want to let you know, those of you who don't know me brilliantly, my heart is not to be up here. I don't like this stage, but I do love Jesus, and I do love worshipping him, and I do love all of you lot, and I love worshipping with you together. So if you desire to be a worship leader or a preacher or anything that involves a stage, can I just ask you to ask yourself why? If it's because you love Jesus... You love his worship and his word. You love his church and you want to see his people freed up in his presence and lives changed. Amazing. And if you're willing to do that on the floor and in the small, brilliant. Please come and talk to us. We'd like to know. But if it's because you want to get up on a stage, go away and check your heart and then come back to us. We are called to let his light shine. And how do we do that? We get out of the way, we bow down low, and we serve. We need to be the moon. If people see us, it's the light of Christ. We want them to see reflected in us, not for our own glory and edification, but for his. If you take only one thing away today, take this. Be the moon. (laughs) So how can we be like Jesus? How do we reflect his light and not our own? Well, we spend time in his presence. We read his word. We worship him. We follow the example he set us, which is to serve. Jesus was the servant king. That term in itself is such an oxymoron. Servant and king, they're not two words you would ever put together in our culture, yet that's who he was. That's who he is. He is the creator of heaven and earth, yet he came down and was born in the lowliest, poorest, dirtiest stable. He is the son of the most high, the royal prince, the king of heaven, he knelt down in the dirt and he washed the muck and the stink off his friend's feet. He is flawless, sinless, perfect. Yet when Pontius Pilate commanded his execution, it was as a common criminal. Jesus Christ shone the light of God more brightly into this world than anyone ever has or ever will. And he did it by getting down low. He did it by humbling himself again and again and again and again. If anyone had reason to blow his own trumpet, Jesus did. If anyone had genuine claim to make himself the center of attention, Jesus did. But that's not what he did. That's not who he was. That's not who he is. He made himself the lowest he could be so the glorious light of God could shine at its brightest. And that is what we are called to do too. We need to know this Jesus. We need to really know him. We need to spend time with him. We need to read about him, sing about him, listen to teaching about him. If we want to be like Jesus, to reflect his light in our world, we need to immerse ourselves in him. And if we want to let his light shine bright in our lives, as we are called to do, We don't lift ourselves up. We don't find a stage to climb up on or a spotlight to stand in. We bow down low, and as we bow down low, he is lifted high.
So where are we called to let the light shine? Well, honestly, everywhere. Everywhere we go. Wherever we go, the light should come with us. The presence, the power, and the Spirit of God are right with us, deep in us, all over us. We are called to be a people of integrity, a people who walk closely with God all the time. Does that mean we should be perfect all the time? Oh my gosh, no, because I would fail by 7 o'clock every morning and 6.30 if I'm being honest. We are called to let his light shine in our homes, in our workplaces, our relationships, our neighborhoods, our families, our communities, basically everywhere we are, his light should go to. And what does it look like his light to shine through us? Well, it looks like loving people, challenging people, listening to people, helping people, cooking meals, a phone call, stepping in where there are serving gaps, praying for people, being good to our community, getting involved, baking cakes, serving the poor, speaking truth, mowing lawns, babysitting. I could go on and on and on. We are called to love each other and to shine the light of Christ everywhere. So we're going to bring a bit of application. Now, we're going to look at four of those areas that I just want to speak into a little bit. And I would like you to get your phones out or your notebooks if you've got them because you're going to do a little bit of work. You're going to jot a few things down. Okay, first place. Families. How do we let the light shine in our marriages, in our relationships with our children, our parents, our siblings? How do we let the light shine in our families? Simple. The same way we let the light shine in every other area of our lives, we serve. If you're married here today, you are called to serve your spouse, to serve your husband, to serve your wife, to put their needs above your own. Is that easy? Oh my gosh, no. (laughs) Not at all. Sometimes yes, sometimes not. Husbands, do you want to do the washing up when there's still stuff on the side from last night's dinner? No, probably not. But do you know that it will bless your wife when she walks in from a long day at work and sees that the kitchen is already clear? Absolutely. So grab the marigolds and get the job done. You're not just cleaning up kitchen surfaces. You are loving and serving your wife, just as Christ loves the church. Once you've done it, look around and notice that the light in your marriage just got a few watts lighter. And you became a bit more like Jesus. Who knew? Washing up makes you like Jesus. Wives, do you see when your husband is waning because work is just tough? Do you see when he needs something that will help his physical and mental health, maybe a a run or to get outside for a bike ride or maybe go for a drink with his friends or even just have a lie-in? These are all the things my husband needs, by the way. He told me that list. (laughs) Why not free him up to do that? Why not offer to be solely responsible for the kids just for a couple of hours at the weekend or one early evening when you're normally doing it together? And bless him through that. Serve him through that. Will it require sacrifice? Absolutely. But as you serve him in that way, just, again, sit back and watch that light shine a bit brighter in your marriage. If you have children, whatever age they may be, are you serving them well? Are you loving them the way Christ loves the church? Are you leading them, teaching them in the way they should go? Are you engaging with them? Are you disciplining them? Are you having fun with them? Or maybe you have older parents now who need a bit more from you than they used to. How are you serving them right now? 
what I want you to do is write down one thing, just one, that you could do this week to let the light shine a little brighter in your family today. I'm going to give you a minute. Okay, the second one, work. In the workplace, does servanthood shape your attitude at work? Do you go in in the mornings and say, right, how can I best serve my colleagues, my kids, my patients, my clients, whichever one applies to you? Why don't you try that when you head into work tomorrow? Ask the Holy Spirit before you go in to show you what he wants you to do, where he wants you to go, who he wants you to talk to. It is probably something just as simple as making a cup of tea for somebody. Now, that's not hard or scary. You're not preaching the whole gospel. But it can make an amazing difference to someone who needs to know they matter. Second piece of work to do now. Have a little think. How can you shine the light brighter in your workplace this week? See if God will bring one person to mind or a little act of kindness to mind right now. And write it down. Okay, and the third one. What about your community outside of church? How brightly are you shining in your street with your neighbours, the parents on the playground, the people in your running club or your games club, or any of your friends who aren't saved? Again, let's just ask the Spirit now to put someone in your mind or an act of kindness in your mind for the whole street. It could be popping a Halloween bag through the door of everybody in your street that you know has kids. Just ask him right now, what does he want you to do this week? Just one thing. And then finally, our church. We love this church. We are so happy to be part of this church. And we are called, all of us, to let the light shine bright here too. And shining means serving. So how are you serving in church? We are a family here. We're not a business. We run a home, not a hotel. We need each other to make this beautiful church work and run. We all need to pitch in so that the light doesn't grow dim. If someone asks you to cover a gap in a serving rotor, do you say yes? It's probably going to be kids' work or the welcome team or words because I know that's where there are some gaps. Even though it means sacrifice for you. As we said, every act of service takes sacrifice. They go hand in hand. Every yes, though, turns the light up a few watts. We have a church here of so many incredible servant-hearted people. People who readily say yes 
So to those of you who say yes when we ask for gaps to be filled, for those of you who help out in kids' work and youth work weeks in a row, even though it means you missing the preach and a chunk of the worship, for those of you who jump onto the words, for those of you who stand on the door welcoming people in, for those of you who get here at 8.30 and set up the whole church and stay till one to pack it down, for those of you who support your life group leaders by showing up every week, for those of you who cook a meal every time a baby is born or a family is struggling, for those of you who give up your time, your efforts, your comfort to serve this church, please know we see you. And please hear this from one-seventh of the leadership team representing the whole lot. We could not appreciate you more. We love you and we see just how brightly the light of Christ shines through you. So I'm not going to ask you to write down an area you want to start serving in. I'm simply going to ask you if you are up for serving his church, if you are up for loving his people in whatever tiny way you can do, I simply want you to write down in your phone or your notebook, yes. Okay. We're going to wrap up there, so if the band can start to come back up. We're going to bring it back to where we started. Today is Halloween, a day where the world celebrates darkness. But although we may be in this world, we are most certainly not of it. We are not trapped in the darkness. We are children of the light. We live in the truth of John 1 verse 5 where it says the light shines in the darkness and the darkness has not and cannot and will not ever overcome it. So in this season when we walk down our streets and we see ghosts hanging from porches or spiderwebs draped over bushes, we don't need to hurry on by. We don't need to be afraid like I used to be of this day because God's not given us a spirit of fear. So when the sun goes down tonight, we don't need to hide in our back bedrooms, turn off our lights and pretend we're not home to avoid trick-or-treaters. We don't need to fear the darkness because we live in the light. We have the light of Christ in us, engulfing us, shining through us, empowering us. Remember that image of the candle in the cave. However big the cave, however much darkness, as soon as a single candle is lit... It's not dark anymore. Wherever there is light, the darkness cannot prevail. Whenever the light of Christ shines brightly, Satan knows he is beaten. And on days like today, he can try as hard as he likes, but even he knows, as we see in Revelation 12, that his time is short. He knows the final score. This broken world needs the light. It needs you, it needs me, it needs the people of God to bow down low and to serve our mighty Saviour so that the light of Christ can shine brightly. And when this light shines into our world, it brings hope. And so today on Halloween, when all over the world darkness is celebrated and worshipped, let us, as the children of God, bow down in worship only to our King Jesus. Let us submit our hearts completely to him once again. And as his people, let us let his light shine. Jesus, we thank you that today has no power. 
that Satan has no power when you shine so brightly. Lord Jesus, we thank you that we can walk in your glorious light. We thank you that you empower us. We thank you that you fill us and you lead us and you guide us and you shine through us. And Jesus, I pray as a church, we will be a people who are noticed for bowing down low. We will be a people who are characterized by the way we worship, by the way we serve, by the way we love. I pray we will be a people who do not seek to shine spotlights on ourselves, but instead lift people's eyes to you. Because you, King Jesus, are the one who is worthy of all glory, all honor, and all of our praise. Amen.